Hey everybody, it's Chris and Rick Talk Guitars. Today we're going to talk about stage volume, amps and other members of the band, sound people, and stage volume playing live. Chris and I started playing out again since the pandemic, and he has mostly done, he, you pretty much do indoor gigs. I've been doing some outdoor gigs with the band I'm in, which is kind of interesting. It's fun, but it can create some different issues with volume overall and just sound and things like that because you're outdoors. But um, yeah, um, you want to kick us off, man, in terms of stage volume and, and, and maybe where to start? Sure, I'll give it a whirl. I think since the, the pandemic, one thing that seems new for me is it seems like it's a whole new psychological front out there from you know not playing in front of people to you know not really even being around people i've had issues getting myself in the right headspace from the minute you start the first song and then one of the things that helps me that i just started thinking about is you know having everything not related to playing the songs you know kind of sorted before you even go up there and play if that makes sense like if you get yourself spun out over like some sort of technical thing it's like you're playing it's just gonna it's just gonna suffer from it but so anything that you can do to kind of give yourself a little edge going into it always helps and i think that you know knowing how to maintain your your stage volume is a huge part of it you know not having to dick around with that so and it got me thinking about you know over the course of the last few years played in a few different bands in a few different situations that call for different levels of stage volume. And, you know, even defining what stage volume is for some people, you know what I mean? It's like some people just go in there and turn everything up and sit, let the sound people sort it out. But I think there's other approaches to that. And I was interested in how you've been dealing with that. And my specific question is you've been playing a lot of outdoor gigs. Do you have a separate setup that you use when you're playing outdoors or is it just your indoors rig but adjusted for it's just the indoor rig and then i try to adjust accordingly but it's a good point because the weird thing that i never really realized or thought about was how the delay even the delay settings i put on for different songs react differently indoors versus outdoors all right and then also also between guitars like if i'm playing uh, the strat, the intensity of the delay setting or the delay sound will be different than it is if I'm playing the Explorer. And it kind of makes sense because I think, you know, the humbuckers probably are, obviously they're more powerful. And so they're doing, so, they're pushing things through that signal chain at a different, a different way than the strat would, you know right. what I mean? So there's that, but, but in terms of indoor versus outdoor, Obviously, like if I'm outdoors and I'm playing in this kind of more expansive place, like the sound, I, the, the volume I play at normally in clubs is, is, I would say it's loud, but it's, I like it to be where I can hear it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, but when I go outside, it seems like it's super low volume. And then I got to crank it up considerably more outside to get it to where it feels like it's the same volume I, I, I experience indoors. So yeah, it's the same setup i mean it's the same gear but it, i do find that i really have to increase the volume and and maybe even make some tweaks to the intensity of my delay settings if i'm outdoors versus indoors how about you like do, i mean so you're in a couple different bands that that are different music why don't you talk about kind of the differences between the two band the two main bands you're in 
and how you kind of adjust accordingly based on those two, because they're different kinds of music and they're different kinds of bands, really. Right. And addressing what you were just talking about outside, I found that to be true, too, is where your volume overall goes a little bit. Around. Part of the reason being that you're farther away from each other, too. Yeah. And that's one thing I was going to point out that has been really helpful to me in dealing with stage volume and just getting in that correct headspace where everything sounds good and I, I, everything is working for me so I can focus on playing the songs is the drummer, you know, and in particular, the, the, the snare drum will influence where I put my guitar almost every time. And I've been paying extra attention to the snare drum when I'm getting started, just because you can find where it's really, really important for the guitar and the snare drum to have a good relationship because yeah. that will make all of your guitar riffs sound amazing when you get there. And if you play it right, um, you get those two things there. So whenever I'm lost, like it's like this stage is really weird. It's like this, I'll like listen for a guitar. If you know, whoever's band I'm in, if it's not my band, I'm like, where's your guitar volume at? I'll reference that and, you know, kind of dial it up there. And then when the drummer starts hitting a snare drum, you know, I make adjustments there. And as long as you can, you know, get a still hear that crack of the snare in the guitar, it's that's for me is always the best place to start. And then I can just start stop focusing on oh, is my guitar too loud? Or, or is I, and usually when it's there, I can hear it good enough. You know what I mean? There's something about, you know, I've never been, you know, I've never set my guitar to the snare drum and had it where so I can't hear myself because you know you can never not hear the snare when you're you know three feet from it. So it's always usually a good level. And so that has been a key thing. And speaking of separate bands in the, there's an acoustic bass band that I'm in as well, where I play electric guitar and I still listen to the snare and the drums as kind of like a reference, but also the acoustic guitar, which is the driving, the driving factor. You know, I use the, the acoustic guitar and the snare drum to kind of get myself in the ballpark, but it's really crowded. There's not much space. So the guitar is sitting on a chair it's a Fender Princeton sitting on a chair and I'm standing in front of it. Uh-huh. So there, you know, you do your best and you kind of just got to hope that it's not too loud out front and that the mix is right. Because I mean, sort of like walking around every other player in the band and going out and standing in the middle of the room, you can't really tell, but that's, you know, that's my biggest trick for setting mine is listening to what's going on with the other band members, but really focusing on the snare drum and to a certain extent, the kick, you want to be able to hear that or feel that. And the kick is almost always, you know, it has some sound reinforcement out front, which is great because that's super important. But that's what I've been going on lately. And I found another thing related to the drums that I've found is whenever I, if I get in a bad headspace or I make like some mistakes or I just get a little flustered, how I've been bringing myself back is again, focusing on the drums. I mean, I just like kind of like, tune everything else out, listen to the snare, where he's at, and then just like adjust my playing in and start playing more with the snare. And it's, and it just immediately, I start feeling more musical and more like I'm on top of things, which is something that's relatively new, but it's a really cool thing to do. If you're not playing with the drums, it's like, I mean, it's, it's really hard to feel the music for some reason. If you're at odds with like, you know, if your guitar is at odds with the snare or something, you're rushing or, behind or something and do you do you play different amps for the different bands or do you play the same setup normally or i do i play well from anything that's kind of rock related i play 
a Silvtech MiG-50 with a 210 cabinet. And for anything that's acoustic based or like, you know, singer songwriter, kind of more rootsy, low key stuff, I'll either use a Princeton or a Music Master bass amp for those. You know, I started way back in like the late 90s when I got out of a, rock, a loud rock band. I did this thing where I was, you know, I read all these articles about, you know, playing a small amp and pushing it and, you know, miking it up. And so I tried the Princeton, I have a 64 Princeton. And I was trying to play that in this like roots rock band. We had a drummer, but it was a low key drum situation. I tried like hell to use that. It didn't work for me at all. It's just like there. The reason being is there is, wasn't enough consistency between gigs and sound people to get it a level of, you know, to have to deal with that stuff in the monitors, getting a good monitor mix. It, it, it just wasn't worth it. I found it was a lot easier to use a slightly bigger amp with more headroom and use the stage volume, not request anything in the monitors, actually request keep the guitar out of the monitors and me deal with my situation on stage was a lot easier than trying to manage a, you know, a smaller amp. Yeah. I've never been able to do that. And I think you could do it a lot easier if you had a sound person or you had, or you had the will and, you know, to, to deal with that as part of a sound check is like, okay, I'm going to take a few minutes to get it. Anytime you just say, yeah, I'm using this, put it in the mic, put some of the monitors. There's too much high end. It's like, you know, it just sounds, it just doesn't sound right. And it's kind of distracting. So you're playing, if you go to the amp, you can hear what you're playing. It says, that's, that's a cool tone. And you get out front where you're standing and it's coming really high endy through the monitors. And it's just really distracting. And the singer is telling you to turn it down in the monitors and up. I don't know. I just couldn't deal with that whole thing. So uh, I can see how that would be a great, but my question to that is, okay, if you're going to go that route where you're going to use a small amp and, you know, push it to where it has the sweet spot, like it's just breaking up, you know, which is for a lot of even small amps is pretty loud. It's like, you know, what do you do? Do you have an amp for every club? You know what I mean? It's like, here's the small one. Here's the medium one. You know, I guess if you get the, if you get the monitor thing worked out, to where you were satisfied, you could just do that and just have everything happen at the PA side. Once you got your stage volume dialed up. Well, that's but, the trick. And and I'm the same way. Like I, I don't go through that because of the same thing. Consistency. I mean, we never sometimes, well, most of the time we don't even get a sound check. So we just set our stuff up and get stage volume as best we can. And then by the time we do that, we're either, you know, the club isn't you know doesn't want us to do a sound check or or we're just ready to go on and so exactly i'm the same way i just i just try to get a good stage volume that sounds good to me one of the things do you lift like when you're using smaller amps do you get them off the ground so that you can kind of hear them i i the thing i need to do is either get a stand or get or make sure i put mine on a chair because if it's just on the ground i, I mean it's just going right towards my legs and i can't really get a, a an accurate a, a better accurate idea of the volume and how it sounds it really it really depends on the amp um some of them sound really good when they're on the floor and some of them sound better um i don't like an amp pointing at my head i can't deal with it. especially a fender yeah. amp pointing at my head is the worst thing i can't play guitar with that all that like high-end splatter yeah but i do like to get it up because i i really kind of like to be conscious of not like blasting have my amp pointed at somebody in the audience's head too yeah so you know kind of leaned I'll point my amp off to the side a lot of times. Like it's, hmm. you know, 
pointed at the kind of out front a little bit, but sort of at the wall and let the back, you know, open back, kind of, kind of head towards the drummer so that he can hear it. But um, I don't really like a direct sound. An amp stand would do no good for me, really. I mean, I'm I'm not an amp stand person. A chair is okay because you could point it. You know, so it's not it's not pointing up in the air. It's pointing out more. Yeah. But, you know, it's not pointed at your head. But, yeah, I mean, it, it depends. My last show that I did with the Sovtech, like I said, it's an open back to 10 cabinet. I did have it up in the air, and it, it worked out really well. Usually that sounds good on the floor because of what comes out the back. It just kind of makes it nice and fat. But this, I actually really did like having it up about probably – Maybe about two and a half feet off the ground. Hmm. Sometimes just, yeah, just get it off the ground, even if it's not, you know, pointing at your head or anything. It's just getting it off so you're not, like, coupled with the floor. It cleans it up, too. I mean, it's not so muffled. The Music Master bass amp has a lot coming out the back end. So you can just about point that thing anywhere and, and hear it pretty well. And it sounds pretty good out the back, too. So um, drummers usually like that amp because they can hear it really well if they're the back is pointing towards them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I found that too, actually, when I'm playing through the music master bass amp. And I think I do try to tailor the amp to the gig. I mean, but except, well, I mean, I can't, shouldn't say that, but I mean, playing that one Vox amp now because of the U2 stuff, but I, when I was playing in your band, I, I predominantly, I did use that music master bass amp. Yeah. And I think I did use the AC30 a couple times when he played a little bigger venue, maybe. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I always liked it. I know I hated that I had to, you had to carry it around, but I love the way that sounded. Yeah. Which brings me to something that I've experienced before, you know, knowing like everybody in the band kind of being responsible for making sure that they're fitting in. What I ran into once in a band was um, our old pedal steel player, great pedal steel player, but he doubled on guitar. And this was the, the version of the band before you joined the same band. And he had this thing where he didn't I understand this, but he didn't want to bring anything heavy to, to, a, to a gig. So he had this super light, like pedal steel amp that sounded great for pedal steel, but he played his guitar through it too. And he was always complaining, well, people say they can't hear my guitar. They can't hear my guitar. And I'm like, dude, you need a bigger amp, you know, a guitar amp or something, get a head or something in a light cabinet. And he refused to do it. And I always felt bad. It's like, or like I'm doing something wrong. But at the end of the day, it was kind of my band. And I kind of set where the level of the band should be at. And you should kind of like bring to the band your willingness to like, okay, this is the level he's at. What I've gotten, that's kind of it. So I have to get something else. Uh You know what I mean? So it did work. And, you know, a lot of times we would be mic. That band was almost always mic. So, you know, I don't know how much they couldn't hear him out front or if it was something. A lot of times it's like, my friend said they can't hear my guitar. And I'm like, did your friend tell the sound person? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, because that would be the person to tell. But Exactly. Um, but definitely on the stage, I, I could tell that it was his stage volume wasn't up to where the rest of us. I mean, I'm playing to a rock drummer. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. what I brought. You know, 50 yeah. watts. I'm not, I don't have it cranked. I'm at a good level with some headroom, you know, with, you know, a pedal to get, you know, to push the front end so it gets nice at a lower volume. So, and the bass doesn't have a problem. My amp doesn't have a problem. The drums don't have a problem. So yeah, you gotta, I think you gotta bring what, you know, I played in a super, super loud band and you know, that was really fun, 
but it's like I wouldn't I would never show up with the music master bass for that <laughs> super yeah. loud thing. I love that it's like that's the only time I ever got to run, run that amp that loud and it sounds pretty great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can't do that too long though, you'd be deaf, but it was certainly fun. <laughs> I like the variation. I mean, I love playing with a small amp with acoustic based music and just kind of like, you know, blending in. I brought another thing that I should talk about related to this is I kind of brought on a volume pedal, which is really great for kind of like, you know, with acoustic based music where sometimes, you know, you might be like doing like a solo or something or doing a lead part. And it sounds just like you can tell that it's too much a little bit. And you just pull back on the volume pedal. And you can kind of put it right where it needs to be for, you know, for particular parts. And that's something that's kind of new that I like doing. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, I still, I haven't, messed with volume pedals enough I, I it seems like something that would, would be useful i think it's interesting that you mentioned the drummer like that's that's another thing i i think i try I subconsciously i i mean that's that's the loudest thing in the band usually so that's what i try to live up to in terms of my volume and especially because i'm i've been in bands usually that are just guitar rock bands right which is the guitar is one of the should be anyway one of the most prominent parts of the sound anyway, not, not too much, but, you know, driving the stuff, you know? And so that's another thing that I've always, has been a frustration to me too, is just trusting that the sound person, whoever that is, is gonna, um, you know, cause that's, that's always the battle, right? I remember when I was younger, it's like, I would crank my amp and they'd go, Hey, you're way too loud on stage. And it's like, okay, well I'll turn down. And then they wouldn't turn the guitars up in the mix. And then, so it's like, okay, well, we're a guitar band and you don't have the guitars you know, loud. So it's like, that's why partially why I'm cranking my amp so that it will fill some space on stage and hopefully spill out into the audience because you're not cranking the guitars, but yeah, that you can't lose in that. I mean, you can't win in that situation. Yeah. I mean, but if you have a, if you get your stage volume dialed in to where you sound good on stage and you're not like the guitar isn't pummeling the drummer or the, you know, or vice versa, the drummer isn't like the snare drum isn't killing, you know, the, the singer and the guitar player and bass. It's like no, they have a hard time messing up. You know, all you got to do is put a little bit in the mix. And yeah. The thing that I find really odd if I've run into is, you know, you're, you're sitting up, getting your sounds and whatnot, and you're like, okay, that sounds cool. I can hear everything. Everything sounds good. You know, I'm at a good level with the drums and whatnot. And they come and tell you to turn down because they don't have you in the PA yet. And it's a really small room. It's like, well, maybe you don't need me in the PA. Yeah. yeah. If it sounds good up here, it, you know, it could be, I've played plenty of shows where it's like been a really good mix. So I don't get, yeah. Having you turn down. So they have more control of you when, you know, then your stage volume goes to shit. I mean, I can't think of any show that I've ever done where I thought, wow, it sounds really good up here where we had a bad show where I felt like, Oh, that wasn't very good. It's always good. It's just because, yeah everything's there and you can feel it and you know but have you run into that with somebody telling you to turn down so they could put you up in the pa not in a long time but just it was a frequent thing back well i mean part of it was i was a ding dong in terms of i had a marshall half stack (laughs) 100 watt half stack playing little clubs but even when i had other combo amps and stuff yeah it was a thing where I've always been in guitar bands and, and, you know, depending on the room and the sound person, they go, Oh yeah, you're way too loud. Like you were saying, I don't even have you in the PA yet. And it's like, okay, well, exactly. I never thought about that, but that's a great idea. It's just like, well, leave me out of the PA and just mix it that way so that the guitars 
plenty I mean, loud, but yeah, if you're telling both guitar players to turn down because they don't yeah. have an EPA, it's yeah. like, I mean, well, how do the drums sound? Just put the drums. Yeah, as far as monitor mixes, I mean, I like to keep like sound because you don't even really get official sound checks a lot of time. It's just like no. a check, and it's like, you know, what do you want in the monitors? It's like just vocals, yeah, just vocals, <laughs> and that's why you can get away with that every time if you have your stage volume under control because you're like, we'll take care of it up here. And, you know, use whatever we need, you know, you can help with out front, but yeah, I don't want to, you know, like, you know, the, the other side of that is if you're like, again, another acoustic band, you might, if you're playing mandolin, you want some mandolin in the minor, people want that, you know, a singer that relies on a certain instrument, you know, wants that in, but it's usually not, I mean, there's usually nobody requesting, can I get more electric guitar right. or, or, you know, the bass is usually pretty good. The drummer might want a little, you know, and but i mean i never have i mean bass goes everywhere I yeah mean, it does you, know, you can always hear that yeah the, also like you said i ever really i rarely get monitors anyway like I, i'm happy just to get the enough vocal monitor vocals in the monitor and oftentimes i don't even they don't even have my backing vocals up loud enough i mean i try to say hey uh, you know i need that but luckily i can usually hear enough bleed from the mains to to yeah, on key and all that other stuff, but but it is frustrating. I, um, because I and and I and again, I totally see it from the sound person's side of things too, because they have to deal with all these different bands and all these different personalities. And but the the what as we're talking about this, the sound people that really do stick out in my mind are the ones who were creative and who kind of tried to work with us or work with the situation and make it work for the band. You know what I mean? Because ultimately. You know, I think the the sound person is serving the band. You know, the band wants to sound as good as they can, and right. the only way we can do that is is to get some kind of cooperation and well partnership with the sound person. And so, but ultimately, you know, it's a cooperative endeavor. So I mean, we can't be assholes either and say, hey, you know, we oh, play, no. we all play on ten all the time and just deal with it. You know, <laughs> no, I haven't had a sound person incident and i don't know when i mean maybe in the 90s or something like i don't know maybe some weird yeah i can't even remember having any i can remember people like having issues with some people but i it's always been pretty smooth have you ever run into issues with other band members thinking your guitar is too loud or not loud enough or or maybe you think oh man like he's cranking his bass or have you ever run into that or or has it been usually pretty cooperative where everybody's kind of conscious of each other. Oh, somebody, somebody in my band going, "Hey, turn that down," kind of thing. Yeah, or just, or just you noticing, "Oh man, why is you know shit, the rhythm guitar is cranked?" No, I've never had like guitar wars with another guitar player or anything like that. Other than the one that I sort of mentioned, where, um, oh yeah, the guitar player could have used a, a little bit more. And sometimes it was great. I mean, it was just like right on the edge. And some of these shows, like that, were on larger stages or something. His um, electric guitar would get a little lost. His pedal steel was always great. It just that just punches out, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's interesting. It, well, it was an amp that was like a big scoop pedal steel sounding amp. You know, I think it was an Emmons or something like that, and it sounded great. But guitar, it just didn't have the it didn't have the stuff to kick his guitar out. Yeah. So instead of a single, was it a single twelve? It was a single 12, and it was one of those really light speakers. Uh, yeah. He had to be able to carry it one hand so he could get parking and all this stuff. He's, this guy was a great guy, and the thing that was so funny about it is he had a garage full of every 
imaginable cool vintage amplifier you can think of. He probably had like he had like a twin basements. He had like oh, bandmasters, yeah. all this stuff. He could have grabbed like a, a basement or something, <laughs> another head. But it was like he didn't want to. But I don't know. I'm not complaining about him. He he was he was a great player. Yeah, uh, it, it was an asset to the band. But I just it was just you know in the context of this conversation, it's one of the things you might have to deal with is like making sure that everybody shows up and, you know, shows up to play for the unit that they're with. Yeah. 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 And I think that is, yeah, I think that is important. And it, it it is interesting too, to see the different ways because we guitarists are, we are our own thing actually, because we, we want to get, like you were saying before, there's this sweet spot with a lot of amps where you can get, that sound where whether it's just a tad a breakup or whatever it is but it's it, it's a certain volume that has to be there. for me too it's it's also the volume of our band has to be a certain db level for me to feel it and to feel like we're projecting our sound in a proper way you know what i mean right. not only instrumentally individually but as a band i want to hear this thing at a certain level where it for me anyway, that it makes me feel like we're communicating musically at a volume that makes sense for us, you know, and, and speaking of guitar players, it it just reminds me of the different ways we try to mitigate that, right? Like you've seen people use plexiglass in front of the amp or, or like you were saying, turn your amp completely um, backwards. Like didn't, um, uh, who's the Roy Buchanan. Buchanan. Yeah. He cranked his amp and just turned it all the way around. And, And those are ways you, you know, as a guitar player, you can try to mitigate, getting the volume you want or need and, and satisfying, you know, the needs of your bandmates and the audience and the sound people too. So there are a number of ways that we can, you know, work with our setup to, to kind of make it work. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you think about it, it's like as a guitar player, you're not turning up so that everybody can hear you. You're turning up so that you can hear you and that, somebody that's in charge can deal with it. And I think I've run into this before in Seattle is playing in clubs where they really shouldn't have live music. Yeah. Where they they hire a band, Oh yeah. you know, and yeah. you, you come in there and it's just constantly like, turn that down, turn that down, turn that down. And you've got, you know, you've kind of compensated for the loudness by bringing the right amp and setting yourself up. And there's like, turn it down, turn it down. Once they ask you to turn your guitar down below the drums, it's like you're dead in the water. It's like, yeah. you know, you're yeah. all you're going to hear is drums is maybe you need to reflect on whether or not you want to have live music. <laughs> I there's, totally there's some clubs that are no longer around that it was always a struggle. And finally we stopped playing there, but it's like, you really, really don't want live music here. You exactly. think you, do, you don't. So in the, in the end, they didn't really because they're gone. Yeah. And I, yeah, the same here. I mean, I played numerous places where that was the thing. Well, and the thing is they, they try to make the drummer play quieter too. And it's like that, that's when you're yeah. really dead in the water is when they try to water down the drums. And exactly. It's like, and I think a lot of these people, yeah, maybe they don't even, they've never run a club before. Or I don't even know what the deal is, but if you're going to have any kind of electrified music or with a drummer, even it's going to be loud. It's going to be a certain volume that should just be an expectation. Yeah. I feel the same way. And it's like, yeah, luckily I'm so old now that like, if I am in that situation, I just don't care. Like we were kind of in that situation recently where uh, we did play an outdoor show and they were, it wasn't the venue themselves really, but they were having this issue with the local people around the venue 
that didn't like the music. And so they were like, Hey, could you, you know, to start off the show, could you kind of like, you know, bring it down a little bit? And I nodded, but I didn't. And I, I, I kind of acted like I was turning my amp down, but I didn't turn it down. Right. <laughs> I just left it at the volume it was. Right. So it's like, you know, I just, yeah. Anyway. So it, when I was younger, that really pissed me off too. And I, it would affect my performance, right? Like we're talking about before, like the psychological part of playing and letting things affect you in a, in a negative way where you have a bad show or, but luckily as I get older, like those things, you know, they might in the moment I might get a little miffed, but then I just say, fuck it. I don't care anymore. And I'm not turning down and I'm, or, or whatever it is. I mean, I'll be reasonable. I'll work with people. But if, if I feel it's a request that is really dumb or like you're saying, it's like, don't have live music here ever again, you know, and maybe we're, maybe we're the band that will, the, the camel that, or the straw that broke the camel's back. And that's fine with me. And maybe you won't have bands here anymore, but we're not going to like, you know, totally water down our thing because you miss, you know, misjudged, your career choice and decided to get a club and don't want live music, I guess. Or the goal is to sound as good as you can and not just the guitar player. Yeah. Band. yeah. So stage volume, a happy stage volume is a happy band. Yeah. And that's exactly right. I mean, I don't want to make it sound like I want to turn my amp up just for the sake of my own instrument. I want to, I want the band as a whole to sound good on stage, sound everybody's happy with, they can hear themselves, they can hear the other instruments, but they, we all feel like we're projecting this music, this collective thing we're creating in a way that makes sense and, and that we feel good about. That's, that's my thing. And again, that there's, there's a certain volume plays a certain part in that, you know, and if, it, if I feel like I'm having to turn down and then worse, if somebody's pressuring the drummer to hit lighter, then it just starts to fall apart. And then I don't have a good time or a good show because it's like i know we're presenting this thing in a less than optimal circumstance you know ultimately the music dictates the stage volume it's yeah. like if you're yeah. a rock band yes then stage you're going to expect kind of a loud stage volume but you know it's not going to be like super super loud you're going to be able to hear the vocals through the monitors and out front combination of both of those you're going to hear the bass you're going to hear the yeah. drums you can hear this you know the other guitar and it's going to be reasonably blended, but you should be able to focus on your guitar part and get like, be able to control the little nuances you want. Yeah. And that'll translate out front, you know? Well, thanks for listening as always, everybody. We really appreciate it. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple podcasts, Stitcher, all that stuff. Check us out on our social media too. Chris and Rick talk guitars. Um, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We'd like to increase our followers. So if you're listening to us and following us, tell your friends and share those links with friends because we want to try to get some juice going, man. Other than that, keep listening. We really appreciate you for listening. And Chris, you got any parting words? Thanks for listening. Play guitar. Awesome. Awesome.